Well, it's a privilege, always an honor to, to minister to precious ones and to minister the good news to you. So, Father, I pracuse I'm asking, sir, for grace and anointing by the Spirit and through the Word of God to minister to these your precious ones today. I pray the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, that our spirits would be strengthened with glory and with might. We give you the glory, we give you the praise, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray and all said amen. Amen. So we're talking to you along the lines of great expectations, and we're looking at certain areas that we can expect in 2019. The one that comes in my spirit uh, for this week and possibly next is that is this, that we can expect him to protect us. We can expect him to protect us and the expectation of his protection, not only for you, but for your loved ones, which includes distances, people that are, you know, away from home, people that are in different geographic areas. Great expectations. Now, when we talk about this, we need to understand when we're talking about protection, there is a Godward side. He does his part. But there is also a manward side. We must do our part. So if we expect to be protected, we must do our part. So we're going to look at some of those things this morning. Turn with me to Psalms 91. And notice with me, in verses 1 through 8. Psalms 91. And I'd like for you to read this with me, if you would, please. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, And from the noisome pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, And ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou see and behold the ward of the wicked. So there are three major themes in Psalms 91. Number one is presence. Number two is protection. And number three is promises. Now as we look at verse one, in the amplified version... It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable. It's a good thing to be able to remain stable in an unstable world. Shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. That's El Shaddai. He is the Most High, El Elyon. He is also El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Now notice whose power no foe can withstand. So you and I have our very own secret place. Our secret place is in the presence of our Heavenly Father. 
The word dwell there means to take up residence. It's not something where we just come and go, but it is a place where we live, where we reside, where we lodge in the secret place of the Most High God. Now, many people only come to that place when they are in trouble. And that's a good place to go to when we are in trouble, undoubtedly. But for those of us who have been around for a while and been in the Word for a while, I understand that sometimes it becomes like kind of a quick fix. Kind of like a microwave miracle. But really, that is not how it works. It's not how it works all the time. All these promises are contingent upon one thing. And it's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. It's being in His presence. It's being in vital union with Him. In John fifteen four, I want you to read this with me. Participate, please. John fifteen four in the Amplified Version. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, ready, read. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So what I want you to see is this. This secret place is not just one location. It's not just on 11 a.m. Sunday morning or 6.30 p.m. Sunday night. It's not just on 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday night. This secret place is multi. You can talk to Him anytime, any place that you need to. Amen? And not only that, He will talk back to you. No matter where you are. No matter where you go. Hallelujah. You can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Here's what I found out. That when I do my best to maintain my union with Him, when I do my best to be conscious of Him, I enter in to a supernatural rest. Have you discovered when He's upon you, there's rest? There's rest for the weary soul. There's rest in a time of unrest. We can rest because we've got peace with God. Amen. How many of you have got peace with God? Do you know that you're on your way to heaven? And while we're on our way to heaven, we ought to do what Brenda was exhorting us to do. We ought to rejoice. We ought to shout. We're not always going to live in the Bay Area. I tell you what, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. How about you? And so we have peace because we know our eternal destiny. We have peace and rest because He's directing our steps. And not only that, we can rest because He only has victory in store for us. Woo, glory! And so, as I exhorted in the first service, then our part is to practice the presence of God. To practice His presence. To become Word of God minded, not worldly minded. To become God inside minded. You know, we don't have to get a hold of Him. He's already got a hold of us. Amen? 
And the answers for your life are on the inside of you. And so as you become God inside minded and dwell in the secret place of the Most High, He will lead you and guide you into all the truth for your life. Oh, hallelujah. And then we need to be Holy Spirit conscious. You know, the greater one does live in us. He lives in us. The scripture says that you are the very temple of the Holy Ghost. I am not looking at a group of beggars. I am looking at a group of believers. I'm not looking at a people that are trying to, to, to make it in life. I'm looking at a people that are living, breathing, walking temples of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Say it with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Now, as you're conscious of his word, as you become God inside minded, we should take it a step further and become spirit of God on us minded. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon you in 2019 if you'll allow him to. You know, Benny Hinn wrote a book several years ago. Probably some of you will resonate with this. The book, name of the book was Good Morning, Holy Spirit. What was Benny doing? Benny was communing with the Holy Spirit. And Benny does not have a corner on the market. There are some people that have taken more advantage of this fellowship and more advantage of this holy communion with him than others. And as a result, the Spirit of God in them begins to rest upon them. Oh, rest upon us, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and rest upon our thirsty souls. Come upon us, Holy Spirit, and make us more like Jesus. Here's what happens. When the Spirit of the Lord rests upon you, He will rest in your home. When the Spirit of God rests upon you and you're aware of it, all arguments with your husband or wife will cease. When the Spirit of the Lord rests upon you, when you go into the job on Monday morning, they will not say, oh, here comes old bad news. They will say, here comes Charlie. Here comes Beth. Oh, I can hardly wait to talk to them. Why? Because you carry someone. You carry someone. You carry someone. And someone that's in you is upon you. Listen, friends. When He rests upon you, the love of God will prevail over any situation. Why is that? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And here's what I've learned to say. And I'd like for you to say it with me. Let me say what it is first. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon me. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon me. That's helping me greatly. When I'm tempted to say something and to be critical and to be skeptical about something, that thought immediately comes to my mind. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon me. And when the Spirit of the Lord rests upon you, you will not allow corrupt communication to proceed out of your mouth. When the Spirit of the Lord rests upon you, what happens is there comes a manifestation of Jesus Christ. 
Say with me, the Spirit of the Lord. I invite the Holy Spirit to rest upon me. And I declare that as He does, He will manifest the Spirit of Christ. And He will change and He will alter the environment around me. Woohoo! Glory. Whoa, you talk about change. You can be changed by the glory, but you can shift and change atmospheres simply because the Holy Ghost is upon you. I mean, you can walk into the middle of an argument and peace be still. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So we see then that our part then is to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And then you'll notice, when you spend time in the presence of God, it'll not only change the way you walk, but it'll change the way you talk. Psalm 91 verse 2 says this, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. On Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. Woo, glory. I'm telling you, when you dwell in his secret place, it'll remove all the doubt and unbelief out of you. To where we all used to grumble and complain. But now what are we doing? We're declaring God's word. We're talking about the goodness of God. We used to speak doubt and unbelief, but now we're speaking words of faith. And as you begin to speak the word of truth, it will change your life. The Bible calls it the spirit of faith. There is authority in faith-filled words. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, it says this, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. This is our part. You see, God did His part in sending Jesus, did He not? But there came a time when you heard the good news. How many of you remember when you got saved? Well, then we better give an altar call. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. How many of you remember when you got born again, when you got saved? Hallelujah. Not when you got religion. Not when you got water baptized. I'm talking about when you got saved. S-A-V-E-D. Born again. Out of darkness into light. Hallelujah. So, you heard something. Faith for salvation comes by hearing words. And the words that you heard were... That Jesus died and rose again for you. So then, once you heard those words, that was his part. And then your part came. And your part was to believe and declare and receive him as your Lord. Now look at this scripture in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy what? With thy mouth, the Lord Jesus... And believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. What will happen? You will be saved. Now notice in verse 10, the heart and mouth connection. 
See, Christianity is called the great confession. Yes, that's right. In Romans 10, verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto what? And with the mouth confession is made unto? Salvation. Salvation. Oh, that's so good. Now listen very carefully. Whoever goes to the Lord for safety, one translation says, whoever remains under the protection of the Almighty can say to him, you are my. We see that our responsibility is to dwell and to say. We got saved by believing in our heart and saying with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. But did you know that you can be healed the same way? I don't know whether you ever thought it or not, but you can receive Jesus as your healer. Simply believe in your heart that on Calvary's cross, through the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, He not only bore your sin, but He bore your disease. Believe it and declare, you are my healer. Amen? Amen? How about this one? You can believe in your heart and you can say with your mouth that He is your provider. Based on what? Based on the fact that he said that he is your exceeding great reward. He's your abundant compensation. He is El Shaddai. He is the one who meets all your needs. Have you found out that to be true? Now you activate what he's done for you by believing it and saying, thank God you're my provider. Lift one hand up to the Lord and say, you're my savior. You're my healer. You're my provider, and you are my strength. Well, since that principle works for all those things, it'll also work by believing and saying, You are my refuge. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. You are my protector. Hallelujah. Say with me, You're my refuge. You're my fortress. See, the thing about it is, it's not all up to him. Religious wants to make it all up to him. Well, now, brother, what about the sovereignty of God? When they start talking like that, fasten your seatbelt. What about God? You never know what God might do. You know, God might just decide to give you something really bad to teach you a deep Pious, pious lesson. He might give you something to deepen your piety. The only way I deepen my piety is through apple pie, coconut cream pie, pumpkin pie, and other kind of pie. See, here's the thing. God doesn't take something from hell to teach you a lesson. Are you listening to me? God does not have the flu. He didn't give you the flu. God does not have these things that have come from beneath. He has only things that come from the Father of lights, come down from heaven. And here's the good news about it. He don't change. You are not special in that regard in that God did not give you something to teach you a lesson. What he's given us is his word. And his word will correct us. And his word will direct us. But when it comes to things from beneath, my God's not in that. You see, most people want to just kind of coast in life. They just kind of want to, 
go through life and have this attitude, well, you know what? If God wants me to do this, then I'll do it. Or, oh, okay, Sarah, Sarah. We, we just don't know what the will of God is. And so we're just here and we're just we're whatever God wants. Most people have a no-fault religion. Whatever the case may be, it's not my fault. No, no, no. God has sovereignly given you His Word. God has given his, you His Word to believe and to speak and to say and declare that He is your protector. Oh, He wants to protect you. And He will even protect you when you've been as muy estupido. Anybody ever done anything stupid before? I'll raise both hands. I didn't say you were stupid. Right? None of us are stupid. But have we done some dumb things? Have we gone too fast when we should be going the speed limit? Uh Uh-oh. Like I told you last week, I left our garage door open all night. Stupid. But when I woke up, everything was all right. Why? Because the hand of the Lord is upon the Thomas household. I said, the hand of the Lord is upon your household. The hand of the Lord is upon your life. The goodness of God is upon you. And so cooperate with Him. Don't just live for yourself in 2019. Let's do something different than what we've done before. What do you say? We make some drastic changes. Now, I'm all for people doing what they need to do at the beginning of the year. I mean, all of the fitness centers, 24-hour fitness, club sport, you know, all of the place, the community centers are just chuck full of people in January. And that's awesome and that's great. But by March, you don't see them. (laughs) Unless you're really committed. Unless you're really sold out, right? And and I'm all for, you know, making changes that we might need to make in our diet. I'm not, I'm not going to even talk about that very much. And that's all good and that's great. But I think sometimes we're too fleshly minded. I think the main changes need to happen in here. Come on, somebody. Help a preacher out. Yeah, change what you eat. That's fine. Change what you may be drinking. But also change what you might be watching on TV. Can I get a witness? Amen. Change the way you're talking. Come on, somebody. Change the what you're watching. Change what you're speaking. The greatest changes that will make the greatest difference in your life are the changes that happen down here and up here. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Declare and say who God is to you. Oh, my. I think that's decent preaching. Listen to this statement. Whatever you say about yourself based on His Word, whatever you say He is to you, He will be. Whatever you say He is to you based on God's Word, He will be. So when you say, I dwell, and I say, just mark it down. He will be that to you. And so we see then that we have our part to play.
Then in verses 3 through 4, we see his part. In verse 3 and 4, it says, For then, while you're dwelling, while you're declaring, for then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly, deadly pestilence. R.W. Schambach said that the devil's called a fowler because he's always out there fouling things up. So we're delivered from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Read verse 4 with me. Then he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler to you. Here's what we can expect. We can expect God to cover us. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, you know, great, wonderful, but I've got a great alarm system. I've got a great alarm system at home. Good, that's good, wonderful. Well, I also have the safest uh, car money can buy. And I've got 15 insurance policies. None of those things are wrong. But folks, when he covers you, come on, you've got the best coverage ever. You have got the best coverage and money can't buy it. It's already been bought and it's already been paid for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so these verses are a little blind to us, the pinions and the deadly pestilences. So what then does God cover you from? How are we covered? What are we covered Well, number one, God covers and protects us from the hidden traps of the enemy. And he is a seductive one. And he has hidden traps. He is our enemy. But God protects us. Somebody says, well, that happened. I didn't see that coming, but God did. I said, God did. And when you live for him all in... He will protect you from hidden traps of the enemy. Not only that, but he'll protect you from deadly hazards. From diseases known and unknown to mankind. He will protect you and me from disasters. Now, we're not going to be able to stop all the disasters that happen in this world. Are you listening to me? We're not going to be able to stop them, but... You and I can live in that secret place and keep it from, from hindering and hurting us. Amen? He will protect you from disasters. How about this one? He'll protect you from terrorism. The devil is the master terrorist. You know, I was driving through the neighborhood here in Hayward not too long ago on the way to work. And I drove by one of the schools. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I cover that school right now. I pray over those children. And in Jesus' name, I loose the ministering spirits all around those kids. I pray for their protection. And in Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. You see, we need to understand that we have authority in the Bay Area. And we need to continue to hold up our schools and to hold up the college campuses. Somebody says, yeah, but there's a lot of unsaved people there. Yeah, but there's a lot of people there that could call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Amen? Amen. And in every school, there's always someone that's in right standing with God. 
Who'll join with me and pray for the schools and the campuses all around the Bay Area? In the name of Jesus, we declare that no weapon formed against our children, no weapon formed against them on college campuses is going to prosper in Jesus' name. We do not know how many terrorist attacks have been averted because of the goodness of God and the protection of the Lord on this nation. You know, they don't always report to you the good news. Have you discovered that? You don't always open up to uh, turn the TV on to MSNBC, CNN, or Fox, or whatever the case may be, and hear good news. But I'm telling you, there's good news happening. There are things happening in the background in this nation that no one knows about. There are things that have been averted by the grace of God and by the hand of God that we don't know about. But to God be the glory. And he's not done yet. You see, in 2019, it's not a time for the body of Christ to coast. I am not coasting toward the rapture of the church. I'm not hoarding up things on this earth. I am getting ready for the glory of God. I'm getting ready for heaven, but I'm also getting ready for the greatest move of the glory of God this earth has ever seen before. Brenda was teaching one Sunday night, and she was teaching on prayer. It does such a great job. And the Spirit of the Lord just ministered this to me. It is not a time for my body and my church to coast. But it is a time for my church and my body to be at their post. To be watchmen, to be watchwomen on the wall, praying fervently and diligently for the plans and purposes of God. Amen? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? And so he covers us from plagues. He covers us from contagious diseases. He covers us from pestilences. He covers us from epidemic diseases. And not only that, but he's given his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. So God will do his part if we will do our part. And then here's another one of it that is our part. And this is in closing in chapter in verse 5 and 6 through 8. Verse 5, it says, And you shall not be afraid. Say it with me, no fear. No fear here. I shall not be. I shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the, of, the, of the wicked that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor for the destruction that sudden death that surprise and lays waste at noonday. One translation says, no disaster will strike you. And it goes on to say, no violence shall come near your home. I've got two little grandbabies down there in Los Angeles. I've got the oldest one in a school that I'd rather she wasn't in. Her parents rather she wasn't in. But while she's in there, we expect her to be protected. I said we expect her to be protected. All different sorts of thoughts, all different sorts of things of the world are in that school. You would just not believe what happens in some of those elementary schools. It ain't right. It ain't right. But thank God, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid. Amen?
And we believe that things are going to change very soon for her and to get her into another school. But I'm telling you right where you are, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter whether you're in the hood or whether you're in the suburbs or whether where you are. God is God. And when the hand of the Lord is upon you, it's all good. I had a friend. I had a friend lived in one of the nicest suburbs in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve Hall. He sold fire extinguishers. He left his garage door open. But in the middle of the night, there were a couple people at gunpoint at his bed saying, get in your car. We're going to go to every bank that we can and we're going to empty your account. And so he got up and went down and they were about to put him in the trunk. But thank God. I said, thank God. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. And the Holy Spirit said, you'll have one chance. And here it is. One chance. And here it is. As they were about to open the trunk, he took some of those fire hydrants that he sold and began to whoop them with it. Hallelujah. Began to whoop them with it. I mean, when the devil comes along talking all bad, just open up a can of whoop. Amen. And whoop that turkey. I don't know if that was too holy or sanctified, but you know what I mean. Just take the name, take the word, take the blood. Glory to God. Come on, big boy. You want some of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. See, that's the kind of attitude you have to have. Not this Wally Cox, weak, initiated, you know, preacher, you know. You see picture of Jesus and he's all white and looks anemic. That's not the Jesus I know. The Jesus I know is strong. The Jesus I know is great. The Jesus I know is mighty. And he lives in you. And so Steve took care of business. Those boys didn't have a prayer. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? And using a good hip check because he played hockey for the University of Minnesota don't hurt either. Amen. God delivered him. And God delivers you. Say it with me. The hand of the Lord. It's upon me for good. So you'll not be afraid of the terror by night. No violence shall come near your dwelling. Read verse 7 and 8 with me. A thousand may fall at your side. And ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Oh, look at verse 8. Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me this phrase. The secret place, this dwelling place, is a fear-free place. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Stop allowing yourself to be disturbed and frustrated over this and that and everything. And let go and let me bring great peace into your soul. Psalm 27 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? No fear. Everyone say no fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But what has He given us? A spirit of power and a love and of a sound mind. I just want this scripture to get deep into your heart today. 
as we fix to close this service, the scripture says, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't look around. Don't look around you in terror and dismay, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will harden you to difficulties. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, are you preaching a trouble-free Christianity? No, I'm not preaching a trouble-free Christianity. What I'm preaching is that in the midst of trouble, He's your fortress. Jesus said, in the world you're going to have some tribulation. But He told us, like Brenda exhorted, be of good cheer. For if I've overcome the world. Amen? Oh, glory to God. I declare this over you. In the day of trouble, just put your hand over your heart. In the day of trouble, may he hide you in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent, may he hide you and set you upon a rock. I'm expecting him to protect everyone in this auditorium today. We pray diligently, we pray fervently over your lives. And one of the things that we pray is for protection over you. In Jesus' name, amen.